Good morning, everybody. Excuse this voice, please. It seems to get worse in the early morning. So, today is Palm Sunday, one week before Easter Sunday. <clears throat> and we are talking, uh, Richard's title today is Waxing and Waning. And I will remind everybody who might be new here that we are working from Richard Raw's book called Wondrous Encounters, Scriptures for Lent. The scripture that we are looking at is absolutely one of the most profound and inspiring scriptures that I know of, in my opinion, and in many people's opinions. It's called the Philippian Hymn, and it's Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 to 11. If you have never read this, then I urge you to go and read it today. So I will start reading. Today's, sorry, before I do that, today's um, commentary from Richard is a tough one. Um, And it requires that we kind of um, look at things differently. And when I say differently, I mean he kind of turns things upside down. And it's taken me extra readings to to actually distill in my mind what he is trying to say. So I I recommend that you listen to the commentary. Um, And then at the end, uh, I will try to draw this out and make it simple. Not because I think you've got to understand things, but because I have to make it simple for myself to be able to understand it. (coughs) And if you're a clergy or a theologian or something like that, this will probably be a walk in the park for you. So bear with those of us who are a little bit further down the ladder. Here we go. Richard says, In this overflow of rich themes today, including an entire reading of the Passion account, an extra gospel on the Palm Sunday event, and pivotal readings from Isaiah 50 and Philippians 2. These are the readings that we read in the church on Palm Sunday. Anyone would be at a loss to decide where to look, what to think, or how to feel, since less is almost always more when it comes to diving deep on the spiritual journey, I hope you will be content with one meditation on one reading. I'm going to direct you toward the great parabolic movement described in the second reading of Philippians 2. Excuse me. Most consider that this was originally a hymn sung in the early Christian community and it's and certainly an inspired one on many levels. To give us an honest entranceway into this profound text, let me offer you a life-changing quote from C. G. Jung's Psychological Reflections. Here is the quote. The secret hour of life's midday, the parabola is reversed, death is born. 
The second half of life does not signify ascent, unfolding, increase, exuberance, but death since the end is now its goal. The negation of life's fulfillment is synonymous with the refusal to accept its ending. Both mean not wanting to live, and not wanting to live is identical with not wanting to die. Waxing and waning make one curve. The hymn from Philippians artistically, honestly, but boldly describes the secret hour when God in Christ reversed the parabola, when the waxing became waning. It says it actually started with the great self-emptying or kenosis that we call the incarnation in Bethlehem and ends with the crucifixion in Jerusalem. It brilliantly connects the two mysteries as one movement down, down, down into the enfleshment of creation and then into humanity's depths and sadness and finally identifying, identification with those at the very bottom in the form of a servant or slave on the cross Jesus represents God's total solidarity with and even love of the human situation, as if to say nothing human is abhorrent to me. God, if Jesus is right, has chosen to descend in almost total counterpoint with our humanity that is always trying to climb, achieve, perform and prove itself. He invites us to reverse the process, too. This hymn says that Jesus leaves the ascent to God in God's way and in God's time. What freedom! And it happens better than any could have expected. And because of this, God lifted him up and gave him the name above all other names. We call it resurrection or ascension. Jesus is set as the human blueprint, the standard in the sky, the oh-so-hopeful pattern of divine transformation. Who would have presumed that the way up could be the way down? It is, as Paul says, the secret mystery. Trust the down and God will take care of the up. This leaves humanity in solidarity with the life cycle, but also with one another, with no need to create success stories for itself or to create failure stories for others. Humanity in Jesus is free to be human and soulful instead of any false climbing into spirit. This was supposed to change everything and it still will. Okay, I'm going to leave the reading to the end because it'll help me just to summarize things. I'm not going to um, go into all uh, a big discussion about all the terms that are read here. 
that are used here. I will simply um, explain briefly what they are because there's enough to go through without all that. Um, and I'm, I'm probably going to go over time, but I don't want to go too much over time. So, okay. I'm going to uh, start where Richard talks about the Philippian hymn. Now, let me just start by saying, if you don't know, as I had to check what a parabola is, it's um, it's like an inverted U, but it has a, a, a not, yeah, it's like an inverted U with a slightly pointed top. So if you took the top half of an egg, that would probably be a, a good example of the parabola. If you know the... Um, M, M sign that is used by uh, McDonald's. It's two parabolas side by side. This, um, if you have a look at that, if you if you if I'm not describing it properly, have a look uh, on Google under Google Images, and you'll see what I'm talking about. But what it essentially has, it has an upward uh, curve which turns at the top and comes down again, like what happened if you threw a ball into the air and it went up and then started to descend to earth. <coughs> so that's a parabola. Um, I also want to, uh, but I won't do it right now. So they, this, is, this is waxing. The waxing is a, um, a term used uh, for the moon when it gets better, like better, sorry. Um, and I'm sure you've all heard it before, and waning when it's getting smaller. So waxing would be the upward curve, and waning would be the downward curve. Now the one thing that you have to get here to understand this reading that sort of eventually dawned on me is that the worldly life is the upward, and life in God is the downward. It will become clear, but just keep that in mind. Otherwise, you're going to get confused like I did. <clears throat> and what happens is that we, um, we have our worldly lives up to a certain point, and then uh, what Richard would call the first half of life, and then it, we are invited by God to reverse the direction that we are going in and we turn and go down. Okay, so let me put it this way. If you are familiar with the false self of that, um, and the true self that uh, Raw talks about or that the mystics talk about, um, that is the, f what, the first half of life where we are building ourselves, where we are striving, when we are achieving, performing, um, making, building our own dreams, building our own um, images of the future, of what, how we want to live in the world, making money, being competitive, a lot of conflict. Okay, can you understand why this is not um, the way of Jesus, why the, uh, this upward curve is not the way of Jesus, because it's a worldly upward curve. What happens at the top of that curve is what I've also spoken about is the process of 
kenosis, where we empty ourselves of the world, where we decide we want to walk with God. So we set the things of the world aside. They are no longer our priority. Our priority is to walk with God, to learn about God, to understand His way, and to walk in the world. And that represents the descent, okay? And that descent goes right down um, to the crucifixion. And the and then Jesus, uh, God, takes care of our resurrection, our, our curve upwards in God. Okay, so there's a false self curve represented by our life in the world, which turns around and then moves into a life in Christ. And gradually, as we die, uh, when we die, Jesus lifts us up the next curve, okay? <clears throat> so I'm going to just carry on now, um, uh, moving through the commentary. And that resurrection or ascension uh, is what Jesus, is what Richard referred to as the um, divine transformation, okay, in the divine transformation in Christ. Who would have presumed, and here's a key, key statement, who would have presumed that the way up would have been the way down? And that's where I said to you earlier, you've got to reverse the way you think of things. The way down towards Christ is the way up. We can't we, we cannot go we cannot go to Christ unless we make that turn at the top of the parabola and come down into death so that we can be lifted up in resurrection. And Richard tells us, trust the down, and God will take care of the up. And if you remember, Jesus, it says, uh, Jesus left the up to God. He allowed him to uh, control his life. He allowed him to work his plan out in the way that he wanted to, the way that God wanted to. He didn't make any stipulations. He, um, he suffered in the world. But uh, he, uh, he never said to God, I want to die now or, or try to um, lay his desires on God's way for him. So if, what that means to us is that, uh, you know, we go through our first half of life and if we're lucky, we turn the corner at the top and we start to build a life in Christ and um, leaving the world behind and finding our true selves in the essence of God and then not being anxious about the end because that is a way of controlling the end, of, of trying to, well at least trying to control the end, you know, being anxious about when will I die leave that in God's hands and live every day to the glory of God. Every day that you have left on 
this mortal coil on in life. Live it in its fullest in the glory of God. And God will take you. And when he, it's your time, according to his plan, and you can trust that process to God. He will take you. He will take care of you. He will draw you into um, his world peacefully and very, very beautifully. So trust the down and God will take care of the up. So you can never go up in the spirit because you go up in the world in terms of the way we understand up. And it's only when you turn the corner, you move into the spirit. And that's why they say the way up is the way down. The way up to God is the way down. Okay, here's an excerpt of the reading, uh, 5 to 7. Uh, please go back and, and read the whole reading. It really is special. But uh, Richard's given us 5 to 7, so I'll read that here. Your mind must, must be the same as Christ's. Though he was in the form of God, he did not deem equality with God as something to be clung to. Instead, he emptied himself and became like a slave or servant and was born in the likeness of humanity, obediently accepting even death. So do you see reflected in there, your mind must be the same as Christ. That's the down. That's the down or the up in spirituality. And you know, I always refer this passage to people who want to understand God's form of humility. In, in one of the versions, it says that he humbled himself completely, even to death on a cross. He was completely humble and accepting of God's way in the world. So though he was in the form of God, he did not deem equality of God. So Jesus was God, but, and he knew that, but he, that wasn't important to him. He didn't go around gloating that he was God. Instead, he emptied himself completely, completely to death on a cross. And that death on the cross was his way into God. <clears throat> Instead, he emptied himself and became like a slave and was born in the likeness of humanity, obediently accepting even death. So I'm not going to go any deeper into this because I'm sure already your minds are buzzing around totally discombobulated like mine. Um, so I'm going to leave this with you. 
go and have a look at the scripture and read it through and just reflect on it. Um, and I'm not going to give you the starter prayer today because I would much rather you went to your Bibles, find Philippians 2, look at the first 11, 12 verses and reflect on that as part of your meditation for Palm Sunday. And we do need to be meditating in Christ on Palm Sunday. And maybe to question yourselves, are you absorbed in worldly things? Are, you, is, are your priorities in life worldly things? More money, more cars, bigger house? Or have you turned the corner and are moving into a life with Christ, which will eventually lift you up into the arms of God? And with that I say, God bless and Amen.